Hi guys, welcome back to our second episode of Happily Ever Economics. Today we're going to be talking about the 2023 spring budget that Chancellor Jeremy Hunt introduced on the 16th of March. So first we're going to be talking about pensions. The cap on the amount that workers can accumulate in pension savings over their lifetimes before having to pay extra tax um, is being abolished and it's currently £1.07 million. And the government have also confirmed that the state pension will go up by 10.1% in line with September's measure of inflation. So it will be worth £203.85 a week, which is, I can't do that, I'm not doing statistics. <laughs> yeah, so this is, a, um, this is a policy from the government to tackle the UK's problem of early retirement, because since the pandemic, there's been a large increase in, over, um, in early retirement and over 500,000 people become, became um, economically in, inactive since the pandemic. So this is sort of an attempt to influence people to stay and work, especially skilled workers, to improve productivity. Yeah, so essentially it's a long-run, like, supply policy. <laughs> okay, so Great. the COVID pandemic, basically, it was um, kind of a lifestyle change for a lot of people. Yeah, you're welcome, Erin. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> it was a lifestyle change that made, meant people were kind of more encouraged to stop work, and people were saving more anyway, because there was less spending during the pandemic. So a lot of over 50s just afterwards didn't want to go back to in-person work and retire, basically. Yeah, and obviously at a place that we are right now with our economy, there's hardly any growth. Um, the By getting more people into the workforce, it should hopefully increase our potential output, which is like one of the main goals that Jeremy Hunt said the government were set out to achieve. But it also says that the lifetime allowance actually benefits the like most wealthy in society because it like helps with their like inheritance tax and like giving it on to their children for free. Which then yeah. is an issue with inequality, which is one of the macroeconomic objectives, although it's what not one of the main ones. And of course, yeah. this type of thing, you want to be able to benefit the people in society which have been really impacted by stuff like COVID and energy, you know, all of that. And perhaps something like that is not going to do the same because richer people are not going to spend the money. Yeah, being given. but you're always going to have trade-offs, you know, between which policy is more important, I guess. I think in this scenario, kind of working as a country towards increased GDP or like helping us out of the current economic climate is more important, according to the government, mm -hmm. compared yeah. to inequality. Yeah, and this policy might not work anyway because it can have the opposite effect. Because instead of encouraging people to kind of come back to work, it will they'll just be able to save their pensions up earlier and retire even earlier if they have the money saved already. Yeah, yeah but I also think you know how you said about trying to tackle inequality. I think they've tried to help with that by um, like increasing the childcare by it now being up to thirty hours a week which enables many of people like 60,000 mothers to enter the labour market, the labour force. <laughs> so um, that means that there will be higher um, employment. As well as the other pension policies, they've also decided to raise the state pension age in order to keep more people in the workforce. Um, so it used to be, well, for currently, for people born between the 6th of October 1954 and the 5th of April 1960, um, start receiving the pension at 66. 
Um, but for people born after the state, the state pension is going to be increasing, and it's going to be a gradual rise to 67 for those born after um, these dates, and then a gradual rise even further to 68 between 2020, 2044 and 2046. Mm -hmm. So should we go on and talk about um, the encouraging mothers back to work and the increased childcare thing that Aaron yeah. brought up. So actually though there is a, like a problem with it. Um, so if you're making support, they're making support unavailable for people earning over a hundred thousand. Um, but for example, so for someone with two children, they're actually better off earning ninety-nine thousand than a hundred and thirty thousand, which is a big jump up in a uh, salary. Um, just because their disposable income would fall below ninety thousand, anyway. So, so I think that's trying to tackle, like, to help the people who are more, who have less money, to try and get them those benefits. Yeah. Rather than giving it to the people who don't need it, really. I think that's kind of a counter to the, the pensions yeah. plan with the inequality thing. I think it is interesting to see that so many of the policies that have been introduced are kind of focused around bringing more people into the labour force. Yeah, but that is to tackle, like, compared to a lot of other developed countries in Europe and everywhere, um, we have quite a poor productivity performance. Like, our productivity levels yeah. are a lot lower. It's the lowest of all the G7 countries. No, no, it's not. I've done, I've, it's the fourth out of the G7 countries. Okay, well, but it is. 20% below the US productivity. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry guys. <laughs> Going back to Nadia's point on trying to bring people back into the workforce, they introduced returnships, which are basically apprenticeships but for people over 50 who want to return to work. So it's another opportunity yeah. to be able yeah. to like gain education, qualification. Because they also noticed that after COVID, the level of people that were not unemployed but economically inactive has just fallen, no, risen so much. So it's, they're kind of wondering where all the workers have gone and why. Yeah. But also, that's not bringing more people into the workforce isn't going to fix our productivity issue. Uh, no, it's I, the bringing skilled workers into the workforce. Yeah, that is, they've also... Um, Which is why it's something like returnships. So yeah, and they've also relaxed um, immigration rules for five different roles in the like construction sector, which is quite specific. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, but it is also the focus on like skilled workers again because if they started off with that then it is expected that they will increase to more like skilled professionals like doctors and stuff yeah. increasing that to ease labor shortages yeah and another thing um someone was thinking of is get, getting like partnership schemes so retired work skilled workers maybe partnering with a small or medium business to help with the management and hopefully improve the productivity of kind of smaller businesses Another important thing is like disability and like mental health and physical health care. Like they've they invested in that yeah. to like make sure that no one's discriminated against when it comes to working. So again, yeah, like no. people who are educated can. A big work part of the budget places. was trying to boost like public and private investment just to try and improve their productivity. Yeah, do we want to discuss the other um, aims of the budget? So we're looking at particularly um, government debt, inflation, and economic growth, as we've already discussed. Yeah. Um, the Office of Budget Responsibility predicts that the UK will avoid recession in 2023, but the economy will shrink by 0.2%. But there is also still hope for next year, 1.8% growth, which still isn't great, but given we've just come out of a pandemic, exactly. and we're narrowly missing a recession. It's yeah. And there is like predicted to be steady growth over the mm -hmm. next two years. 
Yeah, I mean, compared to past predictions where we were, it was looking quite bad for this year and we were almost certainly going into recession, only having a 0.2% shrink, it's not good, but it's, you know, a lot better than it was predicted to be at one point. Yeah, and then the inflation rate as well, which was near 11% by the end of 2022, is looking like it's going to drop to about 2.9% by the end of the year. Yeah. That's positive. That's good. That's getting closer to the... Target. Target more. That is within the target, yeah. right? Yeah, because it's between one and one. one. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, yeah. And then death as well, um, which is forecast to be 92.4% of GDP this year, which is... Um, and it's going to rise to 93.7% in 2024, which is quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, all these budget policies aren't exactly good for the government debt. They're spending money on the childcare, they're getting less tax revenue from the pensions. So for national debt, it's going to make it worse. Worse, yeah, definitely. Especially with, as you said, like the amount of government subsidies. Subs- how do you say that word? Subsidies. Subsidies. With the policy. And I think a good example of that is definitely energy, like the energy policies. And you have to consider how sustainable these policies are because also people are going to feel that yeah. When, when they stop doing them, when they stop providing childcare because they can't anymore and they've got us out of the recession, people are going to really feel the strain. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the reason why they've um, extended the cost cap for the um, energy bills. Yeah. So it, they've extended it for three months to the end of June. So the yeah. typical household energy bills will be limited at um, £2,500 a year. These policies are meant to be short-term policies, so um, the government yeah. should have probably take them off relatively soon, especially the energy policy, um, because they just won't work in the long term. They're not good for the government. But at the same time, it's working out how they can do it in the long term without sacrificing you know, the quality of life within the UK population. I think that's why they committed to invest money into exploring methods of generating energy such yeah. as like carbon capture and also classi- like said that they're gonna, going to classify nuclear energy as environmentally sustainable which I know is <laughs> it's controversial yeah it's, I think we talked about that in our last <laughs> episode like, it's just firstly ridiculously expensive nuclear energy um, which you think that there must be better ways to be able to produce a green energy because nuclear energy is not green like if you think about the waste produced and even the greenhouse gases, yes, it's better than fossil fuels, but it's not as good as something like solar and you know wind. But I guess it is something that can be anywhere in the world. Exactly. So energy so can't really get in quite a lot. Of it, but know, also, if they want to be able to reduce spending and have more you know cheaper ways to get this energy, nuclear power is not the way to go um, because. They're investing a lot into it, and they've promised more public funding in the future, I mean. Having carbon capture is a good thing they're investing in. Yeah. yeah. Like, we all had to go to a lecture from this guy uh, who was basically talking about carbon capture is the way to, like, save the planet. Because yeah. and it also holds businesses and large businesses as well accountable for their, like, release of carbon emissions. Um, and it's the way to kind of keeping the world as it is with, like, heavy you know, industries in terms of carbon. So there's no need to change dramatically. But, you know, at the same time, we'll have this new industry which will create jobs and multiply effect, etc. Yeah. 
boost GDP economically. Exactly. So do you think that they should just focus on kind of one policy in the environment and rather than doing both? Captures the way to go. Because they're doing both. They're yeah. investing £20 billion pounds on carbon capture. That's quite a lot. <laughs> and I think especially if the UK can invest a lot in it, they could have major economic benefits because countries all around the world are trying to work out how to stop global warming from getting really bad. And if this is the way, if they can work out a really powerful you know, way of capturing carbon and they can sell it to other countries, their research, think of how globally you know, the UK economy would benefit. That is true. That's a very good point. Mm. Definitely be beneficial. In, no, it would definitely be beneficial in the long run. Yeah, in the long run. Um, is there anything else anyone like that? There was some tax stuff that they introduced. Which On is alcohol and tobacco. <laughs> oh, corporation tax. So corporation, corporation tax. One, yeah. So they've increased it from nineteen percent to twenty five percent, which and Liz Trust refused to do. Yeah. So they've. Pull their finger around on that. Wouldn't we say that's almost doing like the opposite to what the other policies that's are? What, uh, if they're because they're of course doing loads of spending, but at the same time, where are they going to be able to pay back all their debts? And I think this is the way they're trying to balance it out. Like, yeah, but if they because their main thing is trying to kind of encourage economic growth, is raising like what effect do you think like um, raising corporation tax is going to have on that? Well, it's it's not going to stop investment because now they're companies are able to deduct investment before mm. they get taxed. So I guess in that sense, they're still, they're still able to kind yeah. of... So whilst, yeah, whilst the percentage has increased, there's different ways to now still reduce the amount that's taxable. Yeah, so I feel like it's kind of, for the government, it's a win-win situation mm-hmm. because they're increasing their tax profits, but at the same time, it's not st- like stopping investment, which is one of the main forms of kind of increasing that long run. Mm. And then another tax that they've done is they've introduced tax breaks and other benefits of 12 new investment zones across the UK, which is going to be funded by £80 million each year over the next five years. So hopefully that will encourage innovation, new firms to come into, into the sector. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Just really important. Yeah. Is what that else? all? Do you want to talk about the alcohol and tobacco tax? Or oh, that's just yeah. another way to for the government yeah. to um, um, increase their tax revenues because they've increased. Um, they've said course, that alcohol taxes alcohol are going to rise. Alcohol and tobacco isn't a good thing. So trying to put people off it. Is yeah. So not only do they gain beneficial tax revenue from it, they also you know. And health and benefits. Yeah. yeah. And the tax negative external. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and the tax on um, hand-rolling tobacco is also more expensive than just like normal cigarettes, which like some are arguing is kind of a backdoor tax on cannabis, as that's how it's like most commonly dealt. So again, they're like really cutting down on like different areas of their policy. Like they said, high crime rates and... Um, anti-social behaviour so it's again there's like a another government agenda running parallel to that so it's quite smart yeah. should we talk about things that we think were missing from the budget or they had like a lack of focus on because absolutely um, <laughs> <laughs> um there's a lot of people saying that there wasn't really enough focus on how there was 
all the current strikes at the moment in the public services yeah. and like the growing gap between like public and private pay and inequality. It's like if they could spend money on nuclear yeah. energy, why not spend it on doctors who are living Yeah. Well, they have actually agreed um, the final pay offer for the NHS workers since they've well, they just accepted it, which is a 5% pay rise this year and a cash payment for last year. But this was recently. I mean, this that was yesterday. Yeah, now it's good. So the, so the budget yeah. was like... So it didn't cover over a month. month. But they've since yeah. taught. But they were demanding, what, it was like 35% rise in the pay? Demanding. And they got, yeah. Yeah, got not everyone has... Yeah. But of course, that's what they were before. But yeah, it is yeah. just from years Exactly. And years and it years seems unreasonable, but at the same time... It's yeah. really not. And when you compare it to private sector pay, which I mean, mm. is inevitably going to be higher, but it's just. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do we, does anyone have an overall kind of opinion on how successful they think the policies are going to be? I don't think they will be very successful. No? Well, I, I think it's a lot of spending, and I think since COVID, a lot of people, even with extra money, will they come out of work? I don't know if it's persuasive enough. Well, come out of retirement. Yeah, come out of retirement, yeah. sorry. Um, and also, at the same time, the government's going to go into debt because of a lot of spending, and they spent so much I agree with that, they're trying to pull back people into work, but it's, it is the rich people that can afford not to work exactly. that are not working. So by giving them money incentives to come back, it's not really going to... Yeah, it's a bit counterproductive. So I do think it's a step in the right direction, though. Yeah. Especially yeah. stuff about the childcare, I think it's a good idea. Mm. Um, I think comparing yeah. it to the was it September October September the, the mini yeah. budget I think that this is, this is definitely a step in the right direction but I think the amount of spending that the government is doing especially post COVID yeah can be slightly yeah. risky yeah. because it's not just the policies that we've talked about but there are a lot of other ways that they but I think something like the energy price guarantee is really important to have but there's yeah. other ones in the list we've talked about which you could think I don't you don't but feel it's necessary guarantee, I don't really feel like tackled the problem between the lower income households paying less because I think it said that there was they were still paying sort of 15% of their income on energy and they were saying like a 10% cap would be like a more sustainable yeah and if we also look at the profits that the um Energy companies have reported this year it was in twenty twenty two it was one point one two billion in uh, pounds in profit. But thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.